All is quiet on the Indianapolis Colts front for now. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Arthur, and he is Zach Hicks, of course. You know the two of us from HorseshoeHuddle.com. Welcome in to those of you watching live. Anyone listening, welcome along to you as well. Uh, So today, the legal tampering period has started, kicked off at noon today. Predictably, the Colts are uh, taking it easy, taking it sleazy, letting everyone else do all the big spending, of which there's been plenty so far, really. Um, as for again, as for Colts stuff, nothing really going on incoming wise. However, the Colts did officially announce that they re-signed uh, defensive lineman Tyquan Lewis. Uh, news of that already came in on Sunday, uh, so we knew that was a one-year deal, two point one million dollars. Uh, Joel Erickson. Um, he came through and uh, he he dotted the the period on that one, so we we know that one's legit. Um, so yeah, Taekwon's back. Uh, pretty decent move. I mean, to me, it felt like uh, the Jack Muhort move a few years ago. Zach, um, kind of a thing where he probably does not have much of a market anywhere else because the injuries. The Colts know what to expect in his in his role, and they know they're probably not getting a full season out of him, but he has value to them. Uh, what do you think of this one? Yeah, I mean, if he can finally stay healthy, it's a steal of a deal because we saw the last two seasons, you know, if you were to put those two eight-game stretches that he played together over the last two seasons, you'd have a really, really strong season from pass rusher. You know, he had a lot of really good production, uh, and, and it feels like in both seasons he was starting to to catch his groove right when the injury happened. You know, he was starting to turn the corner and become a really good player for the Colts. And then the major injury happened and it just, it sucks. It, it kind of feels like Marlon Mack a little bit too. Uh, if we're going to go back to some other guys, cause Marlon Mack was another one where he was playing some great football and then that major injury and it just all kind of took all the, everything out of all the wind out of the sails with that one. So yeah, this is, this is no risk deal. I mean, I think it was the base value was one year, 1 million uh, and it has incentives to go up to like three or 4 million. Uh, that, that's a no brainer. Hopefully he can stay healthy. Hopefully he can continue the track he's been on the last two seasons and just not have a major knee injury. <laughs> like it's one thing to just get like nicks and bruises, but we're talking major, major knee injuries both times. Uh, luckily he's got a good friend in Paris Campbell to talk to and and kind of figure out how to get through injuries like this, the mental side of it and the physical side. So yeah, it sucks. I, I really hope he can have a healthy season for once, but I, I'm happy he's coming back. It definitely seemed like this one was a lock when he was at Shane Steichen's press conference the other day. Uh, and yeah, I'm happy to have Taekwon Lewis back. He's a good dude. Yeah, no, it's it could be kind of improbable for an NFL player to come back from a patellar injury, and he did it, and he looked great. Like I thought he had the best summer of his career because I've, I've seen all of his training camps coming in, and he looked better than he ever did. Uh suffered a patellar somehow on the other knee uh, in this one. But no, he's he's a guy. It, it doesn't erase any needs there at end, uh, but it gives you a little cherry on top, whatever he's able to give you. 
Uh, and it's good that he's there because I think you and I are both fairly confident that Yannick Ngakwe won't be back. Uh, so you're kind of down another significant contributor at defensive end. So uh, in my eyes, that that's a good one. Uh, really, I think you and I both thought this coming into to the tampering period. This is easily going to be more about what the Colts lose or can put, try and retain than what they bring in. You know, um, coming into today, I thought we were both pretty confident Bobby O'Karrake would go to the the Bears, but they brought in T.J. Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds on on some pretty nice deals. So uh, it seems like that ship has possibly sailed. And if other teams around the league are, are dropping out on that, then it could lower his price, uh, bring him back to the Colts potentially. That would be best case scenario. It would be great to have Bobby come back. You know, I see a lot of you guys are already talking about it here in the comments yeah. section. Bobby O'Karake was great last season. Really, really good Gus Bradley style linebacker. And, you know, Bobby O'Karake did say, uh, I think he said at the very end of the season that like he wants to stay in a similar scheme to what he was doing with Gus Bradley. You know, he felt comfortable being that kind of rangy linebacker, being a guy who can, you know, do a lot of the coverage things that Gus Bradley needs. So the fit is there, you know, the fits there. It's just, we saw last year when Shaquille Leonard was coming back from injury, it wasn't Zaire Franklin coming off the field. It was Bobby O'Carrick coming off the field. Now is, is he going to come back? Maybe say, let's say that it's like a two year, you know, $20 million deal, you know, whatever, two year, 20 million, $10 million a year. You're not going to get that kind of deal to come and back somebody up, but he's not going to start over, over Zaire Franklin or Shaquille Leonard. So it's a really tough situation. Uh, I think it makes more sense for the Colts to re-sign EJ Speed because, you know, you're not really expecting him to be a starter where Bobby O'Karrake, you'd be signing him to be a starter when you already have two starters on the roster. So, uh, yeah, it's it sucks. I really want him back, obviously. I think he's a better fit for this scheme than uh, another linebacker on the roster is. Uh, and I would prefer to have him starting next year, but uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if the deal gets low enough. You know, I'm sure Chris Ballard will try to make a move to resign. He loves to retain his own guys, and and Bobby O'Carrick has played really well the last couple seasons. I just, I don't expect it. I, I think it it would be very, very, very shocking to see him come back to Indy, where there's already two starters kind of established and in place. Yeah, and you mentioned EJ Speed, of course. That one, uh, it's easy to draw a parallel to like the Browns. Uh, you know, he's been a special teams ace for Bubba Ventrone for these last four years. So it makes all the sense in the world. But I'm kind of curious if it's a thing where the Colts can either bring one or the other back. Probably not both. I'd be pretty shocked if they brought both back. Yeah. Uh, but EJ Speed for the money he would he would cost. I think we've kind of we've kind of thought the Zaire Franklin deal, what was it like three years, 10 million makes a lot of sense for speed plus being the same linebacker and kind of a fill-in at, at will whenever it's needed. That's a perfect role for him. Uh, really good run defender, so that one makes a lot of sense. Gun to my head, I would probably say that speed is a little more likely because it's more financially doable. You're not going to tie in a ton of money into one position group like linebackers. So. Uh, Paris Campbell is probably the one everyone wants to hear even more about. Uh Easy to draw a line to Carolina, especially since DJ Moore got traded. We'll touch on that trade more later. Um, but yeah, Paris Campbell to the Panthers, that makes a lot of sense. It does. It does. And I think we, we kind of get to this weird spot where we know Frank Reich was a big part of drafting Paris Campbell. And Frank Reich was always singing Paris Campbell's praises every single offseason, saying how much he loves Paris Campbell. And yeah, it's very easy to draw that that line there, but... 
Chris Ballard also loves Paris Campbell, you know, and, and I think that the Colts really like Paris Campbell as well. And I'm sure there's other teams, you know, a team like Buffalo who wants more speed and more depth at wide receiver is looking at Paris Campbell and considering throwing some, some money at him as well. So it'll be a minute to see what happens with Paris Campbell because this wide receiver market is just so weird right now. You know, teams might be just waiting on Arizona to trade Hopkins first before they start signing free agents. And, you know, it might be a couple other things like that, but uh, yeah, I think Campbell, I want back for sure. Really good separator knows how to get open can create after the catch, but he's going to have a lot of suitors and will Chris Ballard, pay extra to keep his guy. I, I just don't see it. It's just not what Chris Ballard does. You know, he sets his price and he stays at that price for better or worse. You know, if you guys love it or not, uh, it's kind of what he does. So yeah, I, you know, I want, I want Paris Campbell back for sure, but I, I feel like just like Bobby Okereke, it's kind of in the cards that he might be going somewhere else. Yeah. I, I think if, if his market is more around like eight mil a year or something, that might be nice, but I don't know if other teams are going to want to drive up that price too much just because he just now played his first healthy season. And -hmm. if the Colts can get him at a bargain, I think they would jump at it, especially, you know, Shane Steichen probably has plenty of ideas for, for Campbell. You know, you're getting a new rookie quarterback. You're going to want to have as many weapons as possible. And Campbell was one of the most steady they had last year. Um, Ashton Doolin is my last small footnote. I know you're going to always want to talk about him. Yeah. Uh, to, to me, he falls into that EJ speed category. You know, he's, yeah. he's been a, a gunner and special teams ace for Bubba Ventrone, uh, for all this time. Now he is actually hitting unrestricted for agency for the first time in his career. Um, I, I talked to him right after the season during locker clean out and he's very open to coming back. He'd like to come back. Um, but is obviously going to be smart and see what's out there. Um, he is obviously, again, just like speed and a much cheaper version of what they'll be able to, to bring back. You're not re-signing him to be a big wide receiver contributor for you. It's again, going to be more special teams, but still that depth doesn't hurt. I love, I love Ashton Doolin. Amazing. I know you do. Amazing special teams player. And he's been like, I'm not saying he's been anything special at wide receiver, but you know, he's, he's made some plays when he's gotten a chance, you know, he's been out there and made some plays. So yeah, I think it's a no-brainer to, to bring back Ashton Doolin as that wide receiver five, maybe wide receiver six if you go a little deeper there. He's a guy they're going to have active every game day. You're going to have him there on special teams, and he's going to be great at it. I, I really hope they don't make the mistake they did last offseason where they let George Odom go, and George Odom went on to be an all-pro uh, special teamer for for the 49ers. You know, bring back Ashton Doolin. Keep your star special teamer. Keep him paid. I mean, we, saw, we see with the New England Patriots, you know, they've kept Slater for a super long time. Um, because he's a really good special teamer. You need to have special teams, guys. And that's what Ashton Doolin is. He's a glue guy on special teams. He's a phenomenal player in that area of the field. Definitely bring back Ashton Doolin if you can. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Glue guy, like you said. Uh, so coming up next, we're going to talk about how the Bears and Panthers trade might have changed things for the Colts at the top of the draft. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. That's right. They're back, you guys. Uh, you heard us talk about this mobile game quite a bit over the last few months, especially near the end of the season. And if you've ever wanted to be a GM, then this game is absolutely for you. Uh, I played it quite a bit and it is addicting. You know, this is a perfect time for it. Free agency. You get to set prices on everyone. You even I think you even get to sign your athletic staff and like team doctors. So if you were a, a big nerd and into that minutia and everything, you're going to absolutely love this game. Um 
Locked on Colts listeners, you guys actually get a 100% free boost to your franchise mode when you use our promo code LOCKED ON in all caps inside your game store. That's LOCKED ON in all caps. So make sure to check it out today. The down, to download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. All right, so honestly, the biggest Colts news that has come out recently is something that had nothing to do with the Colts, uh, and that was a trade at the top of the draft. The Bears and Panthers, um, I think all these teams that needed a quarterback uh, who were not the Bears, basically, were just itching to get up to the top, see what they could do, and try and beat each other to make sure they could get their guy. Uh, Ultimately, Carolina got through. Moving up that far, you obviously have to give up more of a King's ransom. Uh, So Chicago gave them the first overall pick this year. Chicago in exchange got pick number nine, uh, second round pick number 61, next year's first rounder and 2025 second rounder. And then wide receiver DJ Moore, who is, you know, a great receiver. You know, he's probably not an alpha top dog receiver, but Really good one, nonetheless, and you could be in a much worse situation with him being your your top guy. So uh, for Chicago, they're going to make sure they know whether Justin Fields is any good at quarterback or not. Um, But yeah, for the Colts, this obviously puts a team ahead of them that definitely wants to get a quarterback in Carolina. So Carolina is probably going to take one at one. You know, Houston's going to take one at two. And then so that leaves the Colts or any other QB needy team to come up to number three, Zach. Or just the Colts stay at four and get QB three at four. Who knows? You know, it, it's it's still kind of early to to really say what we know is exactly going to happen on draft day. But uh, just to throw some more context for what you're saying here, from everything I've heard, I talked to a couple people about this. Uh, it was Carolina versus Vegas, Las Vegas, to move up to number one uh, up until the end. Uh, Vegas essentially offered like the same offer as the Panthers did, except I think they had a different player in there, obviously, than DJ Moore. I think it was like Darren Waller or someone like that. Uh, to go up to one, and obviously they wanted DJ Moore instead. I get it, DJ Moore, very, very good premier receiver. So, uh, yeah, I don't think the Colts are really in it. I think it was really those two teams. The Colts feel comfortable with, you know, their their third quarterback is close enough to their first quarterback to where, you know, they don't care. They don't care which one they get, really. They, they feel comfortable enough, uh, you know, scouting these guys and developing these guys uh, to be their next franchise quarterback. Uh, and they didn't feel comfortable enough about one of these guys to go up there and trade you know, two first round picks, two second round picks and Michael Pittman Jr., for instance, you know, they just didn't, they didn't really get that feel about one of these, these quarterbacks. So I get it. I get it, guys. It's, it's frustrating seeing what seems like, what's, what's the way to say this? It feels like they're sitting back <laughs> like they always do. And they're, and they're not being aggressive, which it really can't come off that way. And I'm not saying you're wrong to think that, but there is some some tact to all this. You know, there is a little bit of tact to how you play this process. If the Colts know that the Panthers are going up for CJ Stroud and they know the Texans are going to take Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson's their QB one, then they're they're pulling off a major heist in their own eyes because they did not trade up to they didn't give up a ton of picks to get a guy they already could get at four. You know, there's there's a lot of tact to this. There's a lot of stuff we don't know. And and I think we can really evaluate it after the draft once we have the results already in hand but as of right now i'm not going to freak out too much like uh you know like like adam says here it's overreaction monday uh there was overreaction sunday when the trade happened and a lot of craziness but 
one thing I have been saying to a lot of people, and I feel like I need to say it here on the podcast, all of you guys, just because a quarterback is the third quarterback taken in the draft or the fourth quarterback taken in the draft doesn't mean that's where the Colts had them on their board. That does not mean they were the Colts third quarterback or the Colts fourth quarterback. They could be the Colts number one QB. Then they got them as the third quarterback in the draft. You know, it like the whole league doesn't agree on one order for the quarterbacks. You know, so Bryce Young could be number one on the Texans and CJ Stroud could be number one for the Panthers and Anthony Richardson could be number one for the Colts and Will Levis could be number one for the for the Tennessee Titans or wherever he goes. <laughs> you know, like like it's not all set in stone there. So don't freak out. Let's not think of it as the Colts are definitely getting the third ranked quarterback in the class. It's they could be getting their QB one sitting at four without giving up, you know, multiple first round picks and their best receiver on the roster. Yeah, and I think that is an incredibly important point to make because it's not just like you said, it's it's not a uniform ranking. It's not like the Colts are sitting back and they're just going to allow themselves to get the third or fourth best quarterback. Because again, they could get their top guy. I think what the frustration is, is not showing enough aggression to go up and make sure you get your guy. I think I that's, it. you know, and yeah. especially from a, a team where we saw the all chips in last year, it went nowhere. We is the worst Colts team we've seen in a minute. I think fans just want to see more aggression and more, more try to win, basically. Yeah. Uh, but again, the, the, off, the, the off, it, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, just to interrupt. It, here's yeah. the thing: there's aggression, and then there's being aggressive just for the sake of being aggressive. You know, mm-hmm. like you have to have that commitment to someone. And, and if you want to make the argument that Chris Ballard is not committed to a quarterback or not committed to a path, that's fine. I totally, I, I honestly, I can completely agree with that. He has not fully committed to one thing yet to where he's going to go all in towards that one thing completely agree but it's kind of like what he's always said i know i know we're in what you're seven with chris ballard but he has always said you can't just force this thing you can't just say oh shoot we have to take a quarterback so let me give up the next three years of first round picks and my number one receiver to go up there and get one just so i know which one i'm getting you have again there has to be a little bit of tact and a little bit of you know, there has to be some good process into this too. You know, you can't just do something for the sake of doing it. But I, I do want to, again, say that I understand your guys' frustration. <laughs> you know, if, if they would have traded up for number one, I wouldn't have been upset because it's like, okay, cool. They're going all in at something. But before we freak out and say they're getting the third or fourth best quarterback in this class, let's let this process play out. It's the first time they've had this type of pick. Uh, well, and needing a quarterback. The first time they've had this type of pick and needing a quarterback in the Chris Ballard era. Let's just see how it plays out, guys. Like, let's I just don't think it's worth freaking out about yet. We'll wait until draft day to freak out. Okay. Let's let's save it. You know, let's save it until draft day. Right now, again, they could still get their QB one sitting at four. And we just don't know right now. So that's just my little mini rant about all this. It's there's gotta be a little bit of tact. You can't just do something for the sake of doing it. And if you were scared off by CJ Stroud's lack of creativity in college or Bryce Young's size, this makes sense, you know? Yeah, it kind of comes back to the Colts being very, very picky, especially when it comes to a a position like quarterback, because there's four quarterbacks here, but that does not mean that the Colts would take any of these four. You know what I mean? Like they, there could only be two of these guys that they would feel comfortable taking in that range. So it's, it's all a big toss up. And I was gonna, I was gonna say, you know, this is also only, 
the first unofficial day of free agency. We're still in the legal tampering period. So it's not like they're not going to do anything because they will. And I mean, look at last year. It was slow to start again, but they came away with Unique and Gakwe and Stefan Gilmore. You know, they had some nice moves and we all thought, okay, like this is a good overall haul for the offseason. Uh, that they pulled off, but they were very slow to start, of course, like they normally are. So uh, I I think if you set your expectations at knowing they're not going to just like run off and spend a bunch of money and do stuff, that's that's the way to do it. I, I honestly, the only thing I'm surprised about is we, we haven't heard about any contract restructures or anyone being cut or anything yet. We haven't heard of any cap moves to this point, basically, which yeah. a lot of teams got that out of the way last week or in the days leading up to free agency. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure uh, I'm sure you guys want us to say like oh, which signings happened today that we're upset about or anything like that. But honestly, when it comes to to us with the Colts at this point, again, this is what year seven of Chris Ballard. I think year six, year seven of Chris Ballard. I'm kind of past the point of expecting phase or you know phase one free agency signings. Like it's just it doesn't happen. You know, you might get a trade. We have heard we have seen trades. He likes to make trades early in the offseason, but he just it's just not it's just not his thing. You know and for better or worse, I, I, obviously we have the comments going right now that definitely say that's for worse <laughs> with with everything going on. But uh, yeah, you know, it's just how he is. So I'm not going to get too upset about phase one free agents that they missed out on because I just don't expect it. You know, it, maybe it's pure apathy on my part at this point. But yeah, I'm sure in the next couple of days we'll hear about some restructures. Uh, I know for a fact we're going to hear about someone getting cut in the next couple of days. <laughs> I wonder who that could be, <laughs> you know, just to free up some more some more uh, cap space for the Colts. So they're not going to completely sell their hands. They're going to do some things, guys. It's just not going to be, you know, signing Javon Hargrave to an $80 million deal. It's just not what they do. It Unfortunately or fortunately, whatever side of the spectrum you guys fall on, it's just not what they do. But guys, we're going to wrap up this show here in a few minutes. But first, I got to talk to you guys about FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drained. Plus, FanDuel lets you even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same-game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, Jake, uh, before we get to parting shots here and just talk and kind of wrap this up, uh, we are going to go like we're going to tentatively plan with you guys here to go kind of live throughout the whole week, you know, around this time, four or five, whatever. Uh, so you guys in the comments section, not in the comments that are going right now, because those, I think they disappear after the live stream. Uh, so not in these comments, but after the video officially posts on YouTube or wherever you guys are listening, if you're listening on Twitter, whatever, uh, put what time of day you guys like best, you know, what time you would listen more. If you like this four o'clock time, great. We will keep going at four or four fifteen or whatever we went today. If you guys like it more around like that five or six time, we could try that one as well for you guys. So make sure you just leave some comments there. We'll see what you guys are saying and, and adjust accordingly to get most of you guys in there. But it seems like today from looking at all the views and, and how active you guys were in the comments, you know, around this four, four thirty, four fifteen time works really well. So uh, that's all I have for parting shots. You know, again, don't expect too much from the Colts in the first couple phases of free agency. Jake, you got anything you want to add here? 
No, I, I, I think you nailed it. You know, we're, uh, we're obviously going to try and be as active as possible on here. You know, uh, it may not always, we're, we're obviously going to give you this, this full length thing, but you know, expect to hear little snippets from us and everything on the, uh, the locked on nows, whenever anything drops right. uh, significant Colts player leaves, they bring someone in. Uh, you'll hear from us there, there as well too. So yeah, we're, uh, this is a busy week for all of us. You guys as fans refreshing Twitter, um, us just finding out stuff and relaying information to you guys. So stay tuned. Yeah. And uh, yeah, guys, I know it seems like they're sitting on their, on their hands right now, but again, it's not even, I think that was my text right there. It's not even the first day of free agency yet, guys. It's not even the first day yet. This is the pre first day of free agency. So let's not get too crazy uh, about them doing or not doing stuff. They still have until Wednesday, I think to release Matt Ryan and Nick Foles, I know they're shopping a couple players and trades, and I'm assuming if they don't get trade offers they like, they'll just end up releasing those players. So there's going to be a lot of moving parts here for the Colts going forward. So make sure you guys are following us for all the updates on that. Follow at Locked On Colts, at Jake Arthur NFL, and at Zach Hicks 2 on Twitter. Also subscribe to the Locked On Colts podcast on YouTube, wherever you listen to your podcast. We love your ratings and reviews. Uh, you know, if you want to go on rants about how much you dislike Ballard and stuff like you guys are doing in the comments here, make sure you just leave a five-star review before you say that on our, <laughs> on our ratings and stuff. You guys can go off on any rant you want. Just leave that five-star. And thanks for making Locked On Colts your first listen of the day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NFL Draft. Damian Parson and Keith Sanchez provide in-depth coverage of the biggest NFL draft prospects with deep dives into the sleepers and hidden gems that can change your favorite NFL franchise. Find Locked On NFL Draft wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'll see you guys tomorrow.